Hi, you're listening to the Fast Leadership Show on webtalkradio.net with your host, Gordon Treadgold. On today's show, we're talking about are you fit enough to lead? As leaders, one of the things we need to do is to provide the drive and energy to push our teams to new limits. We need to energize our teams. And in order to do that, we need to be in the best physical condition that we can be. And on today's show, my guest is Laura London, who is a fitness, nutrition, and peak performance expert. And she's going to give us her insights and some tips on how we can improve our fitness in order to take our teams to the next level. So welcome to the show, Laura London. Hi, Gordon. Thanks so much for having me today. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I've been a big fan of your videos, and I know what you can you can do to help people get fit and healthy. Well, that is my mission. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to dive straight in, uh, and I'd like to know what are the benefits of fitness for a person that's in a leadership position? Well, Gordon, that's a, a great question to start out with because we all know we need to be healthy and there's so many benefits uh, to fitness, health, and exercise. So one of them that we all need, and especially people in leadership positions, are stress reduction. Wow. Yeah. I mean, who isn't stressed? From, yeah. from a mom to a leader, we're all stressed. And when we're stressed, so many things happen. You know, our creativity goes down. We get agitated. We're not working to our fullest potential. Yeah. So, you know, we can just take a break. Sometimes just taking a break, changing your scenery and refocusing is is something simple we can do to reduce stress. And, and also as well, what I find, you know, especially if you've been at work all day and you come home stressed, your your patience and tolerance levels are just wafer thin. So anything right. that can reduce the stress can actually make make us a little bit more bearable and tolerable as uh, as leaders. Right. Sometimes just taking that five to ten minutes when you get home to decompress and you know not talk to anybody and just be <laughs> and recompose. Well, one of my uh, one of my coaching uh, gurus, Mark, Mark McGregor, he always says the, the most important time in a leader's day is the five minutes before you go home. And, and, and when I say home, I mean from the car to the house. Other ways, you know, that we can reduce stress. I know you love running, going outside. So taking a run, that's going to relieve stress for the rest of the day. You're also going to be getting some vitamin D, which a lot of us are really, really low in vitamin D. We spend a lot of time inside, in our cars, going from building to building. So getting that vitamin D really helps to uh, feed the body and, and feel better. But one of the, as you say, I, I love running. I used to hate it until I mm -hmm. actually started doing it regularly and the reason I hated it I think was because I used to do it for sport and to get fit and I used to run quickly and once yeah. I started doing the marathon training and um, trying to run in aerobic mode which I didn't really understand and so I started doing the uh, the marathon running and and for what my coach told me was 
you're running in the aerobic mode if you can talk while you are running. That's that's how you know. If you can carry on a conversation, you're you're in the aerobic mode. And what I found was when I ran at that pace, it was almost meditative. Right. The, the the stress would just melt away from me. And that would happen, you know, I would go run, once I was training for a marathon, I'd be running for like an hour in the morning. And when I would run for like the first 10 or 15 minutes, the stress would melt away. But actually then, yeah, you know, I was able to actually think about things. And, you know, right. it was amazing the clarity of mind I had after just running for 15 minutes and at a slow, but at a slow pace, not a your heart pounding out of your chest uh, pace. Right, because that, that doesn't feel good, and that puts even more stress on your body when you're you're breathing so hard and you're uncomfortable. But like you said, when you're running in that aerobic zone, yeah. you're, you're bringing down your stress level. You're able to concentrate. You, you're able to just be with yourself and your thoughts, and that's going to reduce your blood pressure. It has lots of great internal benefits that you know we can't see on the outside. Yeah. And reducing our stress for sure. You're gonna increase your energy for the rest of the day and you're gonna have you know, be in a better mood. You got it in, you got it done. So so it's interesting you say that it increases our energy for the rest of the day because it, it's kind of counterintuitive. Go and do something energetic, which you would think would take energy away, but it actually gives you energy, which is you know, it's like going out and driving your car in order to fill the petrol tank. It doesn't sound like that should work, but I actually found it did that. Do you know why that is? Well, it boosts all sorts of different chemical reactions in your body, Gordon. So it's giving you the energy you need for the rest of the day. Like we said, it's lowering that stress, uh -huh. and you're going to be able to focus more, and you're more centered, and you're just you've got that that push for the rest of the day to carry you through yeah i sometimes feel that um stress just eats energy out of you even if you're not doing yes. anything just being stressful takes it out on your on your body for sure for sure stress has so many negative effects on the body gordon and especially being in a leadership position that's stressful to begin with so what about other um, physical benefits that we get from it? I know I experienced a few. What other things can we look to see? Well, we're going to, it's going to help us sleep better at night if we get that fitness in during the day. 30 minutes of exercise is equivalent to uh, taking about a sleeping pill, so it's much better than taking a sleeping pill. And when we um, sleep better, we're recharging, our body's rebuilding, and we're waking up refreshed and renewed instead of tired and cranky and groggy. So sleep is huge, and I think it's really underrated. People don't realize how much sleep uh, they need and the benefits of it. And we really need to, at night, Gordon, it's so important to turn the lights down, get that blue light. That blue light keeps us awake. Any light from the computer, from the lights, we need nice, calming red light. You, you think a long time ago, we used to sit in front of the fire yeah. before people went to bed. And that's really the soothing light that we need. 
Yeah, if you look around your room at night, like you said, see if there are any other lights that are on and try to cover them up or turn them away from your body because even though there might be a tiny light, your body is still absorbing that. You know, this is a this is a true story. I just thought I'd throw it in. I remember I stayed in, um, I can't remember which country it was, but I stayed in a, uh, I think it was a Marriott hotel. And I think it was in, it was in somewhere like Malaysia. And the, the room was designed with like 22 different lights. I mean, there was, there was a crazy, like, so there was lights in the wardrobes. There was lights that lit up underneath mm-hmm. the bed. There was lights that over, you know, overhead wall lights. There were lights everywhere. And I right. couldn't, and I, and, and, and there were so many light switches and I couldn't find the right combination of lights. <laughs> To get them all, I, I must have spent 30 minutes trying to figure out, okay, how do I get off? So I ended up doing it, and uh, with I think it was the, there was some low light that was on. And fortunately, it was one of these things where they give you 27 pillows, all of which are a different shape. And I, I just found the only combination where there was one light that I could cover with the pillow. It was that's so funny. Yeah, who designed this room? It sounds like a stressful room. Yeah, I felt like I was on. I must have been on candid camera or something. (laughs) I thought, you know, what I want is just a a mains plug where I can just go pull everything, everything off. That's funny. So what? what So we've talked about some of the um, health benefits. What about some of the other benefits uh, for leaders? Well, let's talk about uh, memory and being sharp, Gordon. First, leaders need to have good memories, and they really need to be sharp. And after about the age of 45, our memory starts to decline. So exercise, especially functional training, where we're moving our bodies in different planes of motion, kind of how the body moves every day, that helps to keep our bodies young, and it also makes new neural pathway connections in the brain, so that keeps us sharp and focused. And what I what I found when I I did it was, you know, doing the running, there was there was an awful lot of, uh, you know, because when you're doing something like a marathon, it's actually a project. Well. It's more than just working out for sure. Yeah. Uh, to be successful in fitness. You need a great plan and you need a great skill set. And that's the same thing that leaders have. It's all about goal setting, taking action steps every day, being disciplined, being consistent, and being a role model to you know our children and to our employees. Yeah, I found when I was when I started uh, running, uh, people looked at me because I'm not what you would call a a, 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 I'm not what you would look at as a body type that's um, a long distance runner. And when people looked at me and I said, I'm running a marathon, they're like, really? Mm-hmm. And I could see them look me up and down and double take on my uh, <clears throat> paunch and say, okay, well, if you can do it, I can do it. And I and a lot of people actually started running mm-hmm. because they saw me doing it. So I do get that role model um, aspect of it. Yeah, so when you decided to start doing marathons, you didn't just do it in one day, Gordon, right? You had you, you decided you were going to do it. I'm assuming you did some training. You were consistent with it. I had, yeah. I had a six-month six month plan. I think that's awesome. 
I have yet to run a marathon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for to reach to get anything we want in life, we need to set those goals. They have to be clear-cut goals, and then we really need to break them down into smaller action steps, things that we can do every day that bring us further to our goals. And a lot of people don't ever reach their goals, I feel, because they start and they stop and they start and they stop. And I, I would say I was guilty of this as well. With the marathon, when I ran my first marathon, I started, because I'd never really run anything like that, I, mm-hmm. was, um, I was really naive and in a good way because I had a plan and mm-hmm. I followed that plan because I didn't know anything. I didn't know any better. And, mm-hmm. and in that first week, I ran for 15 minutes every day. And mm-hmm. you look at 15 minutes. I mean, and at the end of the 15 minutes, I needed CPR. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the week, I could actually do that 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, at the end of it. And, right. w- and what I did was because I had the full plan drawn out, I knew that that's all I needed to do in that week. And it was it was just very small, incremental, five-minute improvements week after week after week after week that got me to a, a huge goal of running the marathon. And I think a lot of times we want to see too much improvement. And right. when we don't see it, we go, oh, this isn't working, and give up. Right. I mean, you're not going to run a half marathon after two weeks. It's not it's not going to happen. So you, right. I, I agree with you. It's big successes are accumulation of small successes. Right. And a lot of times people look at that, that end goal and it seems so far away or so distant. They, they, in their minds tell themselves, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to do that. Instead of, like you said, breaking it down into smaller doable steps I have a friend who lost over a hundred pounds and actually his motto is one step at a time. And he just started drinking soda. That was his first step, you know, and then he went on to another thing. He started walking 10 minutes a day and a year later, you know, he was down well over 50 pounds. That's incredible. I mean, that's a pound a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound impossible. Right. We could probably lose a pound. I don't know. You know, maybe just skipping breakfast or something. But you know, you. No, lose... we don't skip meals, Gordon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. There. Maybe <laughs> we maybe eat better for a couple of meals a week. I mean, a pound. It's not a lot. But as you say, over the course of a year, that's right. fifty pounds. I mean, that's a fifty pounds is a significant um, achievement. When you lose it slowly, you regain it slowly. If you lose it quickly, it comes yes. back quickly with friends. Yeah, yeah. because usually when people lose it very quickly, they've done something very drastically. So, yes, the weight will come off, but it's hard to, to keep that those drastic measures going in your everyday life. So we always want to be sensible. I always say listen to common sense. Yeah. You know, t- take those small steps. Make it doable for life. Because we want to keep the weight off our life. We don't want to find it again. And, and it's, it's exactly the same in leadership when you're wanting to make improvements. Make small improvements that you can maintain and mm-hmm. sustain. And over time, they will add up. 
I don't know if you know a, a gentleman called Dave Brailsford. You probably don't. Um, I don't. We discussed him on on the show last week, and he was the um, Olympic performance director for the English, the British cycling team. And all mm-hmm. he did was he improved performance by one percent in every single area. That was his goal, just one percent. Mm-hmm. And and doing that in every single area had a dramatic overall impact. So we don't sure. need to make huge changes. We need to make small, sustainable changes. And when we do this, we build up momentum. Right. And then that momentum right. takes us forward. That's right. And, you know, Gordon, there are always going to be obstacles that get thrown in our way yeah. in fitness, in leadership, but it's – the people who keep going and they don't let those things stop them. You know, we have to look at them as learning lessons and keep moving forward. I always tell people there's no wagon to fall off. You hear people say, <laughs> I fell off the wagon. I fell off my diet. I'm going to start yeah. again Monday. Monday turns into Tuesday. Turns Tuesday turns into Wednesday. Wednesday turns into a year later. Keep going. I think that uh, expression, I fell off the wagon, I think what they're saying is, and that wagon's moved now, and I can't get back on. Them. <laughs> so you're right. There is no wagon. You've just stumbled. Please get up mm-hmm. and continue. And that's one of my favorite quotes on um, success. And uh, is that um, you know, success is falling down nine times, getting up ten. That's right. What, that's what success is. Right. It's that last time that we just. Burst through everything and do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So you are a peak performance coach. And as leaders, we're always looking to get our teams to peak performance. What are some of the mindset issues or challenges that you've had to get people over moving to them towards their uh, peak performance? Yeah, well, you, you hit it right on the head, Gordon. It's, it's our mindset. And most of all, it's our inner speak, the way we talk to ourselves internally, yeah. I think is really huge, especially I know for women, we're always very quick to put ourselves down, to to just find the negativity. So I always make sure that we t- learn to uh, change our inner speak and our mindset. And we have to talk to ourselves as if we were talking to our best friends, you know? think before you say something to yourself would you say that to your friend (laughs) absolutely I think also changing our mindset is so important when we I always say if you make that decision if you flip that switch inside of you to decide you're going to do something your whole outlook is going to change you can shift your whole belief system and what you're capable of doing if you change your mindset Absolutely. I mean, when I when I did the first marathon, I'd been training for 10 kilometer runs to about six miles before, and I couldn't do it. And I, mm-hmm. I ended up quitting. And what got me to go back to the marathon was I wanted I had some I had six female friends who were all going through chemotherapy. And I wanted to raise money for cancer. And the only way I could do it was to, to run a marathon for charity. So my I kind of had my mindset changed by a I would say a higher purpose because mm-hmm. I was just running to get fit and that wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That wasn't enough to get me out of bed. But once I was doing it for somebody else, 
right that you know and and then i looked into what i you know what i could and couldn't do and that was the trigger for me changing my mindset yeah i work with people and i have them figure out i call it the their why yeah you know and that's exactly what you just touched on is if we're just saying oh i'm i'm going to get in shape or i'm going to run a marathon but digging deep and finding out that why, that burning desire of why we really want to do something, it's much deeper. It's more than I want to run a marathon. It might be because I want to be healthy. I want to be here for my family. I want to be here for my kids and my grandchildren. Yeah. You know, it goes much, much deeper. And when we can find that true why, that's going to give us that burning desire. And that's going to be the, the, when the, flip, the switch gets flipped. When I when I when I did the 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 training, I got a I got a book to read, and in the first chapter it said, if you are running a marathon to get fit, that is exactly the same as paying an annual membership at a gym. <laughs> and, and within a month, you'll have stopped. Mm-hmm. Find mm-hmm. another reason. Right. And if you don't have another reason, please feel free to read this book, but. We're not going to wait for you at the finishing line. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Which I thought was uh, interesting. Yeah. No, you, you have to have that, that why, that burning desire, a purpose. We all need a purpose for everything that we do. That's what motivates us and moves us forward. Well, yeah, I, I often say to people it's about, you know, the aspiration. Do you want to do it? And, mm-hmm. you know, the... One of the things that I've written about before is that, you know, you see people who get into boxing because they want to get out of the ghetto. And mm-hmm. and as soon as they make money, they get fat and get beaten in their next fight. The guys who go on and uh, are world champion for five and ten years, their aspiration is to be the best ever. And we, right. need, we, need, to, we need to get our aspiration aligned with what it is we're trying to do. And if we're right. driven, and if we're driven by our aspirations, then our success is going to be a lot more uh, dramatic and sustained. Yes, totally agree with that, Gordon. We have to, you know, just well, I say walk the walk, talk the talk. We have to 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 be our aspirations, feel our aspirations, yeah. just go for them. Oh. And, and what about visualization? Because that's a, that's the thing we hear a lot in sport. See the mm-hmm. ball go in. See the ball go through the basket. See the see the success. Do you mm-hmm. use the, do you use visualization as a tool? I use visualization all the time because it it works. I mean, it's amazing. They wouldn't be doing it in the sports world if it didn't work. I know personally, I do it for myself. I visualize. Like when I was getting in shape, I visualized having that physique that I wanted. I visualized myself doing a fitness competition. When I first did the Fit and Fabulous Mom Contest that I run, Gordon, I had never done public speaking before in my life. But I visualized that show every night for well over a month from the start to the finish, how it was going to go every single moment. And they handed me the microphone that night, and you know what? It went so smoothly as if I had done it a hundred times before. And in reality, I had in my brain. So I'm a firm believer of visualization. One of the things I wanted to ask you, because I've seen people do this, and I've never seen it work. 
So, you know, sometimes people, when they want to go on a diet, they put mm -hmm. a picture of themselves on the fridge. And mm -hmm. often they put themselves a picture of themselves as the fat person they no longer want to be. And I'm mm -hmm. always thinking, why do you do that? It's such a negative image. Yeah. Put an image of yourself. Yes. Of, the, of what you want to be. You know, we have to motion people towards something rather than away from it. Yes. So, you want to to feel. You want. It's a feeling that you want. So for me, I would I would never suggest putting a picture of yourself at your heaviest and your most uncomfortable because that's going to bring you know not happy negative feelings. I tell them to take a picture from a time when they were most happy, when they loved being in their own skin. Remember what that felt like. Feel it. Visualize it. Be it. You know, and I also would tell people to cut out pictures, like you said, of people who motivate them, who've done what they want to do, who they look up to, and post those around the house. So visualize where you want to be, not where, mm -hmm. not where you're coming from. Exactly. Exactly. One of the other things that um, you talk about, which I was I was fascinated, we were out one time uh, for dinner with a group of people, and one of the ladies who who felt she needed to lose a little bit of weight, and um, she ordered a, I think it was a cheesecake, and she got the cheesecake, and she sat there and said, I know this is not good for me, and and you just jumped in and told her, no, 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 no. Can you tell her, Can you tell the listeners about that? Because I thought that was fascinating. Your view on eating naughty foods, as it were. Right. Yeah. I I love telling this because it it makes so much sense. But unless we hear it, it yeah. doesn't make sense. So here it goes. And I always use the. It can be the example of cheesecake. I use chocolate cake because I love chocolate cake. But how we receive the food we're eating, Gordon, it, it can be stressful or it can be non-stressful. Yeah. For instance, if I've got that piece of chocolate cake, cheesecake sitting in front of me, and I'm thinking in my head, this is going to make me fat, it's going to go right on my butt, I shouldn't be doing this, I'm putting my body in a low-level state of stress. And the body does not know the difference between my stressful negative thoughts or being chased from a tiger. And what happens when you put your body in this low-level stress, it yeah. shuts your digestion down. It's a, it's a chemical reaction. The body's saying, oh my gosh, we're in stress mode. We might have to run. We might have to get away really quick. And it shuts your digestion down. Now, if I had that same piece of cake sitting in front of me, and I, instead I said, gee, I love chocolate cake. I love cheesecake. I've, I've deserved this. I'm going to enjoy it. Even just saying it like that, I'm not feeling stressed. My body is relaxed. My digestion is open and ready to receive that food. It's not shutting down, and I'm going to be fully digesting it. Now, if I should eat the whole thing or not, ah, that all depends. <laughs> depends on how nice it is. <laughs> but yeah, really, it's just about putting that body in, again, that state of stress shoots our cortisol levels up and and that's when we start to pack on fat one of the things i talk about in leadership is that the job of the leader is to put our teams in a position to win and mm -hmm. as you say when you tell your body look out something that we shouldn't be eating is coming 
mm-hmm. you're actually not putting your body in a position to win. No. Tell it, not. tell it you love it. Get, you know, let your body enjoy it, process it, and get it out. If you don't do that, then you're going to be struggling with it. Which I thought you know, it was. I'd never thought of that before. It was. Uh, it was fantastic to think about it. And the okay. other thing. Whether, whether it works or not, I, I, I believe you it works. I want it to work. because It I really, does. It's called the psychology of eating, actually. Good, yeah. because I really like the thought of going, oh, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so going to enjoy this. <laughs> that doesn't mean we can just, you know, eat chocolate cake all day and think happy thoughts. This was so good. Bring me a second one. <laughs> so... You are a peak performance coach, and one of the things that uh, we find that the improvement path is not a, a, a continual incline. We don't we don't improve every single day. After a while, our performance plateaus, and we need to then, you know, I find this in, in a lot of things, either training and. Um, um, in, in work as well, that it plateaus for a little bit. And then I, we need to do something in order to you know, enjoy that period where we've got to a new level. But after mm-hmm. a while, we have to do something to kick on. We can't just settle at where we are. Mm-hmm. Are there any techniques that you use to get these improvements coming again? Yeah, that's a great question, Gordon, because we all hit plateaus in fitness, in our working lives. Yeah, the thing is to know that this is normal, that it is going to happen, and to not give up. Especially with my clients, I tell them there's so many, they've made so many changes, there's so many things going on inside of their bodies that they they can't see the changes. Yeah. Just to keep going because instead, instead of giving up, and if they just keep on going they're going to see the changes happening eventually. It's going to be like, bam, one day, all of a sudden, they step on the scale, the scale moved again. Or at work, all of a sudden, you've been putting in the time, you've been making phone calls, you've been at meetings, nothing's happening, and then all of a sudden, one day, bam, you land a big contract. You've got more clients. So again, it's that consistency and just not stopping. Sometimes in fitness, Gordon, yeah. You need to change it up. Maybe your body's got comfortable to doing the same workout routine. Go do something totally different. Do a Zumba class. Run a marathon like Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Somebody mentioned that to me. Of you know, if you do that, then you, you, the muscles you're using might not get any, you might not get any stronger or fitter. But if you if you change and do a different exercise, and if you run a lot, try biking. And it might exercise some of the supporting muscles around the muscles that you're primarily using, which actually strengthens them. Right. Yeah. Go go ahead. If you took if you took a a, you know a professional skier and put him in the swimming pool and had him doing laps, it would be hard for him because he's not used to doing those exercises. He's like you said, using different muscle groups in a totally different way and just changing up everything that he's doing and kind of shocking the body and using it differently. Yeah, and then those those muscles that you don't use support the muscles that you do use, which can right. then give you a, a bonus. What I found with the marathon running, I, I just wasn't getting any faster. And um, I was dying in the last, I mean, 26 miles is a long way. 
and I was dying at the end. But last week I did one and I, I actually knocked seven minutes off my best time. I thought I'd plateau. Wow. But, you know, I actually improved by uh, by seven minutes. So I get that. But what I do feel is that there's only so much more improvement in the way I'm doing it. And I'm going to have to go and do something different, you know, maybe mm-hmm. biking or swimming or I haven't done a lot of core training work yet. I think I need need to do that. I was so bad at running that I think I needed to focus on that. But now, you know, uh, get that core strengthened up a little bit. I got some great core videos for you to do, Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) So on this show, we talk about uh, fast leadership and achieving revolutionary results. And I think we really can take things to the to the next level uh, and you yourself you went through a big transition can you tell us about what that was what triggered you and what were some of the benefits that you felt <laughs> yeah for sure um well i don't know people don't know this about me but i had never ever played a sport in my life growing up my brother was a hemophiliac which means if he uh his blood doesn't clot, yeah. so we didn't play any type of sport. We didn't watch it on TV. I always say I'm what you call sports illiterate. So I had three young kids, and I remember I had this muumuu dress on. I was grocery shopping. I picked up this before and after uh, magazines. that had pictures of people who had transformed their bodies, and I had never, ever seen anything like that, Gordon. Yeah. And I don't know what it was that what possessed me, but I was like, okay, I am going to do this. So I started reading and researching, and I uh, I taught myself how to do that. And just like we talked about, I set goals. I wrote everything down. I did vis- visualization. I planned. Things were happening. I joined the gym with my shirt down to my knees. Slowly it was coming off, and people were like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, my gosh, I've got a plan of action here. I've never had that before. So, For me, this is the difference between um, success and failure. You know, in order to get to success, we need to have a vision, and everybody can come up with a vision. But that's the, that's the easy part, really. What you then need is a plan, and, right. then, and then you need to you need action. And the thing that I find missing more often than not is that plan. Yeah. Sometimes people will have a vision and they'll start working towards it, but they don't really know what they're doing. So they don't see any benefit because it's not structured or, or targeted. But if you have a good plan that you can follow, you know the improvements you should see. And when you see right. the improvements you should see, it's massively motivational. Well, yeah, it's it definitely it's motivational. But without that plan, you're you're just floundering. You're, mm-hmm. you know, people will be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat healthy this week, and they go out and they buy all sorts of fruits and vegetables and things they wouldn't normally eat, and they have all this stuff at home, and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and so wouldn't buy- it have been better if they went with a plan, if they had a grocery list, if they knew what they were going to make for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That's setting yourself up for success. Yeah. I remember when I lived in Arizona, I bought a juicer mm-hmm. because all the adverts were like, juice, 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 juice. <laughs> and so, so I went out and bought a juicer, and 
I didn't even know if I liked juice, and I tried it. And some of <laughs> some of those some of those vegetable drinks, I thought I've just wasted sixty nine ninety nine on a piece <laughs> of equipment. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna use again. Right. It would have been smarter if we like had a juice that somewhere that we liked, asked them what it was, what was in it. So we knew we were starting with one juice recipe we liked yeah. instead of just, you know, it's, it's that same concept of just planning everything out. And that's exactly what I did with my transformation, Gordon. I had those action steps every single day and I kept myself accountable. And it's something that just, it also, it kept me very focused. I had lost my father and my brother. Um, very at that time frame so it, it gave me um an outlet which was really important also i mean it gives you something to throw yourself into as well and, and it's interesting you talk about accountability because you need that you need the plan because the plan mm -hmm. tells you what you're going to do and what the benefits should be so you then have the transparency and as i say when you see the progress it's um massively motivating now I, after the show's over, I would ask people to go to your website. And do you have the before and after images on your website? I do. There's a photos and there are before and after photos there. Yes. It is. I mean, the the transformation is pretty dramatic. It's not like you were three hundred pounds and you went down to a hundred pounds. But you know, the I mean, you you've got abs that professional athletes would die for. I mean, you are pretty. Mm -hmm. um, chiseled i would say is uh, the, the the phrase that i was in a very nice way uh, when you started did you think that you were going to be able to you know go from where you were and actually arrive at, at what you achieved no i mean my really my main goal was i wanted to wear a two-piece bathing suit i wanted to finish something that i started i never dreamed that um, I would take it much farther than than that. I mean, really, you know, I say that fitness makes you stronger in every area of your life. It's it's really amazing, and it goes back to that goal setting, having a plan. Gordon, if someone told me today that I would be on a you know a radio interview with you, if I would have my own website, if I've been on exercise DVDs and run my own show. I would say no, not me, not ever. I, I, it, what I find massively interesting is that if I look at your before and after picture, the, the transition, the transformation you went through is spectacular. And I don't believe that I would imagine me getting to that level of fitness that you've achieved. But actually, as you say, it's not just what you achieved on that image. You would never have imagined of running your own shows and, and becoming well-known in that industry. So, when, right. so once you got that momentum going, you just uh, rode that train and... Uh, yeah, it, you know what it was? It, it gave me confidence that I never had before. I don't know how to put it into words, but I just felt so you know, good about myself and confident and strong and powerful that it, it just led me to do other things that I never even, you know, imagined that I would do. So it's not so much like you said, the transformation itself, because I didn't lose 
100 pounds. Mm -hmm. I didn't lose 50 pounds, but it was the transformation of me as a person. Yeah. Well, you, that is really... you look stronger in the videos. And I, think... I am strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't want to arm wrestle you for my uh, paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> But I, but I think I think when you have that success and, and it does give you confidence, you know, we talk about success breeds success. But it, mm -hmm. and I, I think that's right. But confidence breeds mm -hmm. success as well. Yes. yes. And, I think, and I think having a, um, a fit and healthy body gives us great confidence as well, because it's something we've done to ourselves that is not. Um, not everybody does that. So when we do it, mm -hmm. it does put us into a small uh, minority. I mean, me mm -hmm. for me running the marathon, when I did that, I'm not sure what percentage of the population run marathons, whether it's one or two or five percent. But even if it's five percent, it's put me in a small group, right? Who, who've achieved something that that is bloody difficult, and I've done, right. and that gives me the confidence to think, okay, what else? That I didn't think I could do, that I can now do. So one of my coaches always says we can't create more time, but we can manage our energy better, which will then allow us to maximize what we can do in the time we have available. So do you have any tips on energy management? Yes, energy management. That's huge, Gordon. Obviously, like we talked about before, getting more sleep is going to give us more energy. Um, but one thing is finding out when our peak product productivity times are. Like for me, it's in the morning. So I'm going to get a lot more done in the morning when, uh, for instance, when my kids are still sleeping, my husband's sleeping, I'll get an hour's worth of work done, which would have taken me probably three hours during the day because there's so many more interruptions. Um, so finding your peak productivity times is really great and uh, getting more energy and, and things accomplished. Also, we can take some breaks during the day to keep our energy levels high. We can do some exercises during the day really quick. We could do some push-ups, jogging in place, deep breathing, just change of scenery to increase our energy again. And, of course, one of the most important things we're going to do to have more energy, Gordon, is feed our body nutritious food. That's really what gives us great energy. Well, one of the things I find is I'm, I'm very much like yourself. I'm a morning person. But I also find that um, the worst time of the day for me is after lunch. Mm -hmm. And But it's not always. It's just sometimes. And I haven't really figured out whether it's a particular food I'm eating at lunchtime that mm -hmm. causes me uh, energy. Do you have any – is there anything we can do nutritionally to manage our energy through the day? Well, what, the reason why you get – generally you can get tired after eating a meal is because digestion takes energy. So it shuts up our other bodily functions down so it can digest food and digestion takes more energy than anything else in our body. So that's kind of why we get tired after eating a meal. Okay, you should be looking at fruits and vegetables 
especially fruits and vegetables in their raw state because they are loaded with enzymes and they are they're there to naturally break the food down so our bodies don't have to work so hard at it uh -huh. eating cooked food is much more draining on our bodies because we have to draw on our body's own natural enzyme reserves so the lighter meal we can eat, maybe a clean protein like a chicken with a nice salad on the side and a, a complex carbohydrate such as a sweet potato or brown rice as opposed to a slice of pizza. You know, a piece of pizza is going to take our body a lot of energy to digest versus a nice clean protein and some fruit and veggies. So what are the best foods to give us energy? I, I understand don't eat the you know, eat raw veggies so they don't take energy away. But what about giving us energy so that, you know, in the afternoon we can operate uh, optimally? Well, uh, one thing I love, I absolutely love to give us a real boost of energy is our green smoothies, Gordon, mm. because we can make them so nutrient-dense we can add in fruits, we can add in vegetables, and then we can add in all sorts of superfoods and healthy fats. So they're rich in antioxidants, nutrients. I mean, they're like uh, Mother Nature's cup of coffee, a green smoothie. And they're so simple and easy to make. Anybody, even you, can make them. Do they have, <laughs> do they have spinach in them? Only if you want them to. <laughs> Because before, when I tried the uh, when I when I tried the uh, smoothies, um, it, I didn't realize how many of the ones. I, I, it was probably just a recipe book I had, but almost every single one of them had spinach or kale in, and I don't like either of those. So that was a that was a huge downer. Uh, I was okay. I, I love fruit smoothies. Mm -hmm. Any, but some of the um, with beets or if it's got spinach in, I, I would. I would rather eat the grass outside, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> well, we really do need to get those greens in there, and they're really super important. So starting with just a tiny bit, just like you said with the running. Don't start running a marathon, but maybe start with two leaves of spinach and see how that works for you instead of having a really dark green smoothie. But there's so many other things you can do also, Gordon. A piece of fruit and a handful of nuts, some trail mix, a nice healthy yogurt. And, you know, there's so many foods that we have to choose from. It really doesn't have to be hard and complicated. People make it more complicated than it needs to be eating healthy. So uh, leaders, and, I, and certainly this was uh, true for me, a lot of us do, uh, we're, we're traveling, we're eating out, were attending conferences. I attended one conference where they had breakfast and they brought us croissants. And at, then at mm. 10 o'clock, uh, 10.30, they brought us coffee with cake. And then there was a buffet lunch. And then at 4 o'clock, they brought us afternoon tea with cake. And then in the evening, they put, you know, they took us out for full dinners. And we, we just seemed to be in front of a never-ending supply of food. And, and we end up with what a lot of my friends call business belly. What advice for traveling and people attending these kind of things would you give to keep healthy? Yeah, that's a great question, Gordon, because my husband travels a lot too, and he runs into the same issues. He'll be at a trade show all day, and they have nothing but bratwurst and soda and beer at the, at the stands, at the trade shows yeah. sometimes. 
So if we can before, obviously we can pack some things in our suitcase to have on hand. We can have protein shakes. We can have uh, healthy protein bars. We can yeah. bring stuff with us. We can see if there's a grocery store around and pick up some things and, and see if we can get a refrigerator in our room. Yeah. Generally, if you can eat a healthy breakfast at the hotel maybe before you go yeah. and load up on some healthy things like some scrambled eggs, some whole wheat toast, oatmeal. Yeah. You know, it's got and you have to learn to try to prepare. When I was bodybuilding, yeah. I would bring my food with me everywhere that I went, just so I know that I would have a healthy backup if I needed it. Yeah, I, I used to find it hard when people would just bring cake and put it in front of me. My ability to resist is is law. Also having a lot of gum, mint gum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having a piece of gum. But you would think that in this day and age, and everyone's being so health conscious, especially with leaders, that they would improve the quality of the food that they're serving to people because we want our leaders to be sharp and have energy and be healthy. And, and there's so much information about as well that um, it, it, it does surprise me. Uh, one of the comments I always get, and, and I used to be guilty of giving this as well, was that I'm too busy, I don't have the time. What would be your recommendation to somebody who feels they're challenged from a time perspective so they could at least get started? Yeah. Uh, you know, Gordon, we, ha we have this kind of all-or-nothing mentality when it comes to exercising. Either I need to exercise for an hour or I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. But it's so not true. We can take 10 minutes. It could be 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes during the day, 10 minutes in the evening, and do some kind of exercise. I do things with people for 30 seconds. I'll have them like run in place for 30 seconds, take a break, run in place for 30 seconds. You can't imagine how you can get your heart rate up in just 30-second increments for 10, on and off for 10 minutes. You can do squats, you can do lunges, you can do a set of push-ups. You can get it in. It's just a matter of doing it and scheduling it in and being committed to getting it done. Right? Well, you did the seven-day push-up challenge with me. Uh -huh. Every day we did we did a different push-up. So it's just, you know, you can fit it in. I a lot of I with my moms, I tell them, you can when you're brushing your teeth, you can do some side leg lifts. Every red light you're at, you can do some glute squeezes. I mean, you can fit it in any time. It's just a matter of, of being creative and having fun with it. So the bottom line, stop with the excuses and do something. Excuses or solutions, it's up to you. <laughs> and as leaders, we should be focused on solutions and not excuses and, and set that uh, the tone for our, our all organization because too often we, we have this kind of work-life balance and I think right. a lot of that comes down to energy as well if you add more energy you could probably get more done and get home earlier yes for sure so normally I ask my guests to give us one tip if there was just one thing we would do in order to improve so with you I'd like to ask do you have any fitness routines that you could tell us about that would be a good place to start? Mm -hmm. Gordon, I have lots of great uh, workouts that people can do on my website, lauralondonfitness.com. 
they can work out with me in any of my videos and I also have programs that is, are you know a month long that they can follow on my website also so exercise is a gift a gift we give to ourselves and it's so important and like we've been talking about it just affects every aspect of our life it's so important excellent so if people want to find out more about you Laura where can we get that information so we can get started and make ourselves fit to lead they can come to lauralondonfitness.com yeah. and they can also sign up for my emails I've got a great email that comes out with eight amazing tips right away that are going to help to get you hot and healthy from the inside out okay well thank you very much Laura it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you I think we've had, I think we've had some great advice and I'm hoping that all of our listeners will go and look at your website and get started. Be fit, set the example. It will help you in so many ways you won't believe it. So thank you very much. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, Gordon. I truly appreciate having me on the show. So I'd like to thank Laura for that great advice. And I just want to tell you a little bit more about my fitness journey. Because before I started running, I was somebody who didn't sleep much. I only needed four or five hours a night. I, I've always had masses of energy my entire life. But when I started running, it kicked me up to a new level. When I ran in the mornings, it cleared my mind. I was fresh. I was significantly more energetic and it's a great role model to be setting for your teams because work-life balance is getting worse in a lot of companies and we need to be healthier and we need to set the tone for our organizations and as well as making me actually a better leader it was also very good for me from a health perspective my resting heartbeat dropped by over 12 beats per minute so this is Gordon Treadgold on Fast Leadership on webtalkradio.net. I hope you've enjoyed the show and that you will sign in and check out next week's show. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.